So let's uh, turn in our Bibles, Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, uh, in your, uh, on your phone, whatever, iPad, uh, book, however you do this, print, old school. I don't know if you saw the picture this past week uh, or the video clip of the, the guy who uh, didn't get buckled in hang gliding. Did anybody see that? Oh my goodness. So uh, if you didn't see it, uh, this guy's over in Switzerland. He wants to go hang gliding, so he goes with his professional, and uh, they go hang gliding. They're in the mountains, and they're going along, and very quickly, within, like, takeoff, the guy realizes he's already at a high altitude and can't drop, but he's not buckled in. He's not, there's no safety strap, and so he flies for four minutes, and he's at a pretty high altitude, and uh, they try to get this thing down. He ends up at the very end towards the ground, you know, letting go, breaks a wrist. That's all he does, or I don't know, snaps something there, did something bad to his wrist. But that was it. And uh, you ever have a fear of falling? Like, who? You know, I don't know. I mean, I've, I mean how, does, how does the instructor not strap in the guy? But then how, I mean, I don't know about you, but I would have a pretty good understanding of I need to be buckled in. Like, I'm not a detail guy. But I can, get, I can get one detail, like I want to be buckled in detail. And uh, I don't know where that guy could really sue him because he missed that number one detail. Like who here would miss that one, right? Like am I buckled in or not? That's kind of a primal fear that, you know, that would drive us. Um, speaking of uh, another fear we had, we had to take our cat to the vet. And this cat's kind of skittish. And uh, we had this cute little cat bag. I don't know who owns a cat that would actually go in that but we don't own a cat that goes in those. And uh, this cat was having none of it, none of it. So we ended up having to get this massive dog crate with this huge door opening, right? And it's wired so we can see through and we put food in there. And it still didn't want to go in until it was like halfway in and I kind of went like that and shut the door. And uh, it's not talking to me anymore. Um, But it had this primal fear uh, of being trapped and it was a fight or flight I mean it just pulls this trigger I don't want to go in there kind of thing it was fascinating to watch Um, how does a cat not want to go into this little nice fluffy little cat bag it looks so cozy and everything but it knew it shouldn't go in there there's like some fear deep inside that that's a bad place to go no way out um Fear is a big theme of, of this passage, and, and Paul talks about it in Romans 8, and he says this, and we're going to pick up in verse 12, um, 8, 12, and he says, therefore, brothers, we have an obligation, but it's not to the sinful nature to live according to it. This is kind of what we covered past week towards the end. For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Now here's where we're going to focus in today. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave, again to fear. But you received the spirit of sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we're children, then we're heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Now, we've been in this passage, uh, Romans 8, these first 17 verses for the past several weeks, and uh, I have to admit, when I heard Rob Reamer start to preach this, I just kind of hung my head. I was like, 
you know, I, I never preached through Romans, and, you know, we've never had somebody preach on that passage in my 16 years, and, and of course, the, the time it happens is months or, you know, a week, I don't know, weeks before this passage, and I sat there and went, well, I guess I'm not preaching that, and, uh, and then over the last couple of weeks, it just was, I just kept sensing God saying, nah, go ahead and preach it, um, and I'm like, well, he did a really good job, and he's like, I don't care, just preach it. So if this goes really good, give credit to God, but I'm kind of iffy on the whole thing um, this morning. Um, so you're going to hear some repeats, and, but yet I just, eh, we'll go for it, um, see what God says. You know, the interesting word in here is fear, actually a phrase, slave to fear, meaning even before Christ, there is this idea that, and a reality that we have a enslavement to fear. And then there's another fear that starts to happen in the Christian life, and Paul started to talk about that at the ends of Romans 7, where he talks about the, the loop of doom, right? Sin, confess, sin, confess, sin, confess. And the fear really becomes this, this condemnation from God that's just weighing over us, and the, and the fear of rejection by God because we can't stop sinning, and we can't get out of that loop. And it's a fear that not only Paul wrestled with, but all Christians have wrestled with. And some of you maybe even today are wrestling with that. But we rarely come across this word fear, especially this phrase. And, and it's, fear is broader than just, while it's, that's the specific piece of this context, I think fear is broader than this and it applies to all fears, especially what Paul says in the next couple of verses. It can pull all kinds of fear into it. Every one of us has fears. Some of us have funny fears that we all laugh at, fears of bugs and crawly things, um, you know, spiders, whatever. Those are the, the funny ones that everybody else can laugh at us and it doesn't really do much trauma. But then there's other fears that are like real fears, right? Fear of failure, fear of being embarrassed or fear of being caught, fear of death, fear of the future, fear of being victimized. I mean, there's all kinds of fears. Some of us live in fears of, of nightmares. And, and you would think, why would I bring that up? Because I hear that a lot. It's crazy, but I hear that a lot. Nightmares like you're scared to go to sleep kind of fear. Um, terrifying. And you think, well, why are you talking about that? That just seems like nightmares. No, it's real. And there's many of you that struggle with that kind of fear. You're not making it up. Something's going on. Some of you, uh, many of us, fear in relationships, right? Um, fear of rejection, fear of condemnation, fear of never being loved, fear of confrontation, fear of specific people, fear of losing a loved one. Uh, some of us are paralyzed right now by fear that comes out of relationships. Fear of persecution. There's some that the Bible talks about that come really out of just our journey with God. Jesus talks about how, hey, look, if you follow me, the world's going to hate you. The world's going to kill you. The world, the world is going to come after you. And often there is a fear of what may happen as we follow Christ. 
if we actually say out loud what we believe and tell people we believe this. I mean, I hear from students. I hear from students in high school, in college. You cannot talk about your faith out loud because you will be persecuted. The, the force that this culture comes at Christianity with is, is kind of scary. The shame involved. And not, I mean, it's like a brutal kind of shame. It's scary. It builds fear. And it's not just for students. It's for all of us. There's another fear that the Bible talks about, not only of persecution. The Bible talks about this idea uh, of how even his own people have this fear of Satan. And there's multiple stories where Jesus encountered the demonic realm, and, and it was God's people, the people of Israel, that were scared to death, didn't know what to do. Frightened, terrified not knowing how to move towards that, and really equating Satan and his kingdom with God, meaning they're both equal in power. And that math leads his people to be paralyzed by fear of Satan. I mean, Paul teaches very clearly, Jesus taught, and Paul kept teaching that Satan is here, his kingdom's here, he's seeking to destroy us. And there's a, there's a fear that, that so many people, even of God, have. There's a fear of God. Jesus talked about this. Even his own people have this view of him like he's some God who's just going to give a snake to his child. You know, a snake that would bite him or, or, or her or, or he'll give out stones instead of bread. Like it's this view of God that's so, he's so mean and he's just ready to snuff us out, right? Scared of him. Not in a godly way. There's a godly fear. This is the, the not godly fear right? Ungodly fear. And then there's the other fear, the fill-in-the-blank fear, the one that I can't even think of that applies to you. And it's got you. And it may have happened to you. It may be something you went through. I don't know. But it's, it's this moment where that seed got planted deep into your heart and it's just grown into this uncontrollable, I don't know, what do you call it? Fear. Roots go deep. Branches go everywhere. Choking out life. And what makes these verses so powerful is Paul clearly, succinctly articulates why fear should never be an issue in the Christian life. He says, if you're enslaved with fear, look, you you have to understand something. We did not receive a spirit that makes us a slave again to fear. There's no room for fear in the life of a Christian. We received the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of sonship, meaning the Holy Spirit comes, and as he comes, he brings us two things. The Holy Spirit does two things in these few words here that Paul describes. The first one is he gives us the Spirit of sonship. And as you heard Rob talk about it this past week and and multiple commentators talk about this, there's no way you can unwrite that word because it's it's not about male or female, it's about birthright. 
In that mind, in the Jewish mind, in the Greek mind, it was all about birthright, and the firstborn son had the birthright, received the full inheritance, and had the right to the full inheritance. And it's important to understand that's our identity. He starts this 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 idea here that if you struggle with fear, you need to understand, first of all, the truth of this. We shouldn't have fear. We've received something. We've received a new identity. And this new identity is, is this declaration of, of who we are at the deepest core. Now, when you meet somebody and you talk to somebody, there's so many ways we identify ourselves, right? You are from Ohio, or you are not from Ohio. You're, you're a mom, or you're a dad, or you're a daughter or a son, right? Or you're a fan of this, or you work there, and this is what I do. And there's so many different ways we, we have identities, right? But not one of those identities can stop fear. Think about that. Not one of the identities that we have can stop fear, apart from God. There isn't one. And in this world actually tries to come up with solutions. They say, oh, no, no, you just need to believe in yourself. Focus on positive things. The problem is their solution is still rooted in, in my own strength or your own strength. And that's the problem. We're not strong enough. We can't think all the positive thoughts, enough positive thoughts to erode fear. We just can't cancel that out within ourselves. Just because we can think something doesn't make it real. It just doesn't. Just because we feel something doesn't make it real. It, it, it has to be grounded in something that is eternal, that is permanent, that is unmovable, more powerful than any other death. In fact, unquestionably more powerful. And that's why he comes to us. He says, hey, look, you have received the spirit of sonship. You have received an inheritance. It's rooted in eternity. It's rooted in the spirit himself who comes to dwell in us. Which means this is your core identity. And, and when you and I encounter fears, what we need to begin to understand is that our identity, what Christ says about us, is that we are the full inheritors of the kingdom of God. You can claim all the rights that any child of God can claim. No one can take that away from you. No one can steal that away from you. And the Spirit is constantly right there next to us saying this. Take what is yours. Take what is yours. Take what is yours. Live in what is yours. Live in this. Stand in this. The other thing he says is not only do we have the spirit of sonship, but he goes on to say that we, by this spirit, by the Holy Spirit, we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit testifies with our spirit that we're God's children. Now, and when he says, Abba, Father, this is a, a famous verse, and so many of us know it, but in, in the Jewish culture, they rarely ever called 
God, Daddy. In fact, the first time this ever happens is Jesus in his life. He's the first person to ever call God the Father, Daddy, Abba. It's a Greek word. It's what children, even today, who speak Greek, call their father, Abba, Daddy. What, what Paul is writing here is saying, you not only have the inheritance, you're his child. You, you have a familiarity here. There's a piece of this where he says, you can be this child who comes to his father, her father. And what do children do when they want to go to their father, often when they're scared, right? They want comfort to their mother. They want comfort. They want to know that they're going to be okay. And, and this is what I think is interesting. In the deepest part of who we are, this is our true identity. That we could still be, and this is hard to say, right? We can still be helpless. We can still be that weak. Which is hard to say. Like, I don't call my dad daddy anymore. I don't call my mom mommy. I mean, doesn't that sound ridiculous? Like, anybody as a grown man or woman go up to your mom or dad and go, hey, mommy. Why? Because it, it's just, we're grown out of it, right? We've matured out of that. It's mom, it's dad. It's a radical invitation. Um, and I, you know, I, I hesitate to even share this because it's, it's one of these things, I don't know, it's, um, it's so personal. But in the last few years, there was just a, there was a time where I was filled with fear. Like, it just had me. I was scared to death. And uh, these are the journeys of our souls that, you know, you don't just share with people. And um, I was scared. And I had never been this, it just didn't seem like this was, I was this frightened and this scared. And I just did not know how to connect with God. And I'm just like, Lord, I don't, I'm just scared. I just am like, Lord, I'm scared to death. I'm scared. What do I do? And he gave me this picture in, in the middle of that. And it was just, I want you to come to me as a little boy. It was like I was five years old, something like that. That's kind of what it felt like. And it was this invitation to be a child, to be a little boy and to have him to, to be in his lap, to crawl up in his lap. And there were some times where I was, and this is, you, you might laugh, but this is, I was just so scared. I was under the chair. I was under the throne, just hiding, looking out between. The, that was the picture I had. I was so scared. And then it progressed over weeks and months to being on his lap. And then... I kept trying to get that picture, and, he's, and then finally, about four or five months later, he's like, no, no, you're ready to stand. You're ready to stand. And I, was, I saw, and he just kept giving me this picture, you're a grown son, and the reason you can stand is because your fear is gone in me. You can be this son. I said, well, can I come back to that if I ever get scared like that again? He's like, yeah. 
And that's real vulnerable. That's um, what grown man wants to be that scared, that needy. But that's our identity. You and I can come to him and say, Daddy, And, and we can't get rid of the fear, right? It just, fear will not go in our own strength. And when you're that consumed or enslaved to fear, it's only God that's going to break it. It really is. You don't get enough, you don't get the right words. You know what I mean? There's just no right word when you're so scared and so fearful. And some of you this morning are driven by fear. It controls your decisions. You've made vows in your fear. I will not let people close. I will not say yes to the call of God because I know what that might do to me and I'm scared to death of it. I will not or I am going to. That fear owns you. Slaves to fear. And Paul is saying, we are not slaves to fear anymore. We have the Holy Spirit, and what the Holy Spirit keeps telling you and keeps telling me is you are no longer a slave to fear. You're not a slave to fear. I'm here. I'm here. You're my child. You're my child. Take my strength. Take my courage. Take my victory. We spend a lot of time on this when, when we take people through just the, the, that journey of freedom here at our church. Identity, who God says we are, is so crucial to living free of fear and becoming this child of God that he's called us to be. And if we don't know that this is the truth and that it's greater than any fear, we will always be slaves to fear. And the Holy Spirit keeps telling us, you're mine, you're mine, you're mine. My child, don't fear, don't fear. Everything in the kingdom is yours. There's a book that we, we have people read, Victory Over the Darkness. A number of us have read it. And there's these statements about who we are, our identity. This is who Jesus says we are. Because you are this firstborn, right? You have the rights of the firstborn. This is what you inherit. When he says, look, you have full access to the kingdom of God, listen to what Jesus says you have access to and who you are. He says that you are the light of the world. You're part of the true vine. You are a friend of Christ's. You're cho chosen by Christ. You're a slave of righteousness. You're a slave of God. You're a joint heir with Christ. You're a temple. You're united with the Lord. You're one with him. You're a member of Christ's body. You're a new creation. You're reconciled to God. Receive these. If you haven't heard this, this is true of you. This isn't something made up. This is your identity. You're a saint. You're God's workmanship. You're a fellow citizen with the rest of everyone in this room. You're a prisoner of Christ. You've been made holy. 
You're a citizen in heaven. In fact, he says you're seated right now with him in heaven. You're hidden with Christ. You're an expression of the life of Christ. You're a daughter of light, a son of light. You partake of Christ. You are a chosen race. You are a royal priest or priestess. You're part of this holy nation. You're an enemy of Satan. You've been justified. You died with Christ. You're free forever from condemnation. You've received the Spirit of God. You have the mind of Christ. You were bought with a price, so you belong to God. You're anointed, established, and sealed by God in Christ. You no longer live for yourself, but you live for Christ. You are made righteous. You're blessed with every spiritual blessing of the kingdom of God. You were predestined to be adopted as his child. You're redeemed. You're forgiven. You're the recipient of his lavish grace. You're made alive, not dead. You're made alive in Christ. You have direct access to the Father through the Spirit. You may approach the Father with boldness, freedom, confidence. You've been rescued from Satan's rule and transferred in the kingdom of Christ. You've been redeemed. The debt is paid. I am not the great I am, but by God's grace, I am who he says I am. Invite the worship team to come up. If you are struggling with fear today, you're not alone. There's a lot of people in this room that do. And Christ can set you free from that fear. And over these next few minutes, as we sing and we praise, what happens is there's this, this fear that we're supposed to have of God. It's the beginning of all wisdom. But it also says, Proverbs says, in the fear of the Lord, there's shelter. There's refuge. And I think Christ wants to invite you into his presence, into the Father's presence for refuge. And I think he wants to destroy fear. If you have fear, what we're going to do is we're going to ask the Father to begin to show you that fear, and you're going to give him that fear. And he's going to invite you to take your true identity and stand in that truth. You don't make it up. It just is. You already have it. Let's worship him. If, if singing is not what God wants you to do right now, I get it, don't. Spend this time talking with him. Spend this time calling out to your Abba Father.